You all know why I'm here. I'm not an orator. And I would not try to convince you of the worthiness of our cause. I'm a soldier. And we are at war. Founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Everybody and welcome back to this podcast we call Freedom Reigns, Socialism Kills, and Other Musings About Life in America. I'm here again. My name is Ron, if you are a first-time listener, and I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Steve. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Ron. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, it's it's a good good day to be an American, at least as for now. For now. I right. just want to, you know, every time I hear that intro, I, I love it, man. I just love all the stuff in there. The Reagan, you know, and then the Braveheart stuff at the end is classic, and it really illustrates and and points up, you know, puts that point home about what we're talking about here. I just think it's perfect for this podcast. Yeah, the uh, the Patriot stuff in there too. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's awesome. I did forget about that, but I I do love it. You know, it's just all. Mel Gibson, you know, Braveheart, it all kind of ran together, but but definitely it's good stuff, and it really does uh, kind of illustrate what we're about pretty well, I think. So, um, so, I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but <laughs> I wish we had some men like that. In those, I don't know, the movies and in Ronald Reagan in real life. And uh, those in the movie, The Patriot, they were actually portraying um, real people real. for history. And right. they said, you know, they were repeating some of the lines from our real, our real history. So I wish we had men like that back, you know, back now. We need somebody. We need something. Yeah, well, sadly, you know. We might discover soon if we have any of those men, and we might have to become those men the way things are going to save this great republic. That's what it is out there, people, you uh, liberals. This is a republic. It is not a democracy. (laughs) Um, From what I hear, I guess the Democrats are trying to change that. Yeah, they, they want to get rid of the Electoral College and just make it New York and California elect every president from now on, I guess, for the most part. Well, uh, I'm not. Hopefully, I don't know what they got to do to change that, uh, the Electoral College. I don't know if that's not actually oh, in it the would, Constitution. It would have to be. Right? You know, I'm, I'm not completely scholarly on that, but I think it would be like most other amendments to the Constitution, you know, the process there, and that would be, 
the, the majorities that have to approve it in the House and the Senate, and then the president would have to sign it, you know, two, two-thirds majority of states approve, that sort of thing. So it's not too likely that they're going to get it done, you know. I don't think they're going to get it done either. I'm not exactly – I don't want to say I'm not worried about it, uh, but my feeling is – that it seems like that kind of attitude is picking up steam. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it, the whole the whole thing is kind of worrisome to say the least. Not just that particular thing. That's obviously a biggie. If they're able to accomplish that, then America as we know it will cease to exist. Um, but you know, it's it's not just that. It's it's everything that they're pushing now. You know, this the socialism. Free, free, free. Everything's free. And people, a lot, sadly, a lot of people are just eating that up. I guess they haven't listened enough to our previous podcast. <laughs> right. To why, you know, socialism is equal, all right. It's equal sharing of misery. And, you know, we beat that horse before, but it goes without saying, and it's worth saying again. Well, yeah, we've beat the horse before, but, um, I'm learning from personal experience that this horse ain't dying. Um, people I know close to me are actually, I mean, the, the thing is, it's so, I don't want to say it's mainstream, but Bernie Sanders, when he ran for president against Trump, did something. He like lit a fire that, like because before the that election, I don't think that Bernie Sanders, uh, somebody like Bernie Sanders, would have ever been taken serious. Right. Well, the things that we talked about that did happen to Bernie Sanders vis-a-vis Hillary Clinton campaign and DNC, they wronged him. You know, they cheated. They get, cheated him out of any real possibility of winning that nomination the last time, and I think somehow. That, you know, solidified his base, you know, and it's like he was he was robbed. And now, you know, here's our chance. And obviously, since he lit that fire, like you said, it's more and more people on the left are open. I mean, they they felt that way for at least our lifetimes, if not longer, Steve. They just weren't so open about it until now. They're brazen now, though. Like, we've always been told that the Democrat Party is, they do lean that way, you know what I mean? But they would never actually come out and say that. But since Bernie Sanders ran and there was such a huge following of his, I think it empowered them because now we actually have a couple self-proclaimed socialists that ran as Democrats that were elected in the uh, – in the House, the yeah. secondary election. What is, what do they call that? It's not the midterm. president. The midterm, midterm elections. Yeah, yeah. We're still in our post midterm therapy session from the last uh, podcast that we put together, whenever that was, uh, late November, early December, something like that. Um, by the way, just to get this out there again for you first time listeners, our email address, if you'd like to write to us and give us your thoughts, is freedom reigns underscore one at yahoo.com that's f-r-e-e-d-o-m-r-e-i-g-n-s underscore the number one at yahoo.com okay back from this commercial break thank you (laughs) right (laughs) but yeah we really would would like to hear from some people out there good bad indifferent you know we just like to hear your thoughts, whether you think we're right on target or you think we're loony. And, you know, obviously, if you think we're loony, then you probably think we're racist, homophobe, Islamophobe, the whole gamut, you know. But that's that's all right. You're welcome to your opinion. This is America. Freedom of thought and speech and all that good stuff still do exist, at least at this moment on March the 8th, 19, uh, 2019. Right. Okay, but now that you've brought that up, now that now that you're you're going into that realm, I wanted to I wanted to ask you a couple questions. 
Okay. Okay. With um, the the couple socialists that I'm talking about, like uh, uh, Cortez, you say her name better than I do. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. AOC, she's better known as now. She, who I first thought was just a joke, you know, she only got, I think, 16,000 votes. Yeah, something crazy like that. You know, five, what was it, 5% of her district even turned out that election? Four, yeah. Just a very bare minimum. And, um, but with those votes, this, I would imagine this would be cool if we had like, okay, this is one thing I hate about politics. Like I can look up any stat I want on my favorite football player, anybody in the NFL, Google that shit. You got it. Politicians, you can't look up their vote, their voting record very easy. It's not, I don't, I don't know if there's just not enough dedicated people that are out there doing that. I know there's a lot. Of groups trying to get that kind of shit together, but it's very difficult. But I would love to know, like, is she the the least – being elected the least amount of amount of votes? Right. Because <laughs> that, that seems like almost like a record. But she came in like gangbusters, okay? And she is trying to take control. Like, there's a definite power struggle going on between her and Nancy Pelosi for the party. Sure, sure, and and I get what you're getting at. Like, if it's fourteen or fifteen thousand votes, you know that's when you count the population of the entire country. That's a minuscule percentage of people that actually supported her to put her in that position, and yet she thinks she is queen of the the House of Representatives now in the Democratic Party and. You know, they do look at Pelosi. I mean, we, we have our own issues with Pelosi, and they're very well-founded. Um, but, but they see Pelosi as old guard. Um, you know, they got their vision, and that's what's right for us, and we just should shut up and know better, you know? Well, but the thing is, like, she – I don't – I'm not sure if, if she was the actual – architect of the green new deal which i think by the way personally i think is the dumbest name i've ever heard well here's my thought and sorry if i offend you miss aoc i don't think she's intelligent enough to put that long of a document together i just don't not on her own i don't either and but she's the one pushing it like it's her thing right and even though the majority of financial experts, politicians, 7-Eleven workers have all come out and said this is the craziest thing they've ever seen. It's actually gaining steam. Right. People, and it might not be the actual um, bill itself, everything in that bill, in that bill that's gaining steam, but people are starting to question is socialism that bad? Is it really that bad? I mean, yeah. people are asking those fucking questions. And that's what I was talking about. It's someone close to me um, in my life as asking those questions is actually starting to go to the other side. And it's um, very difficult for me to deal with. And um, I just. Well, you know, they do pr- paint it nice, pretty picture and put it in. Nice wrapping paper and, and wrap it up as this bright, shiny new thing. And it's anything but bright, shiny, or new. <laughs> it's been tried throughout uh, human history, as we've discussed before. And, and but sadly, you're right. I mean, there's people that we care about that are buying into it. It's not just the wackies out there, you know, on lefty land. They're, they're really starting to gain some momentum. I'm just still hopeful and confident and uh, optimistic that, you know, when you come to the heartland of America and us blue-collar, everyday uh, people, you know, we're still, um, and we can't be that easily fooled, you know. Well, I have a friend of mine that lives in California, in Los Angeles, actually. And I was talking to him the other day. 
and he was telling me that I'm crazy because I I feel like this socialist movement is gaining ground and gaining um momentum. momentum. And he's telling me that I'm crazy. He's like, I live in the bastion of liberal disease. It's all around me, and I can see people every day growing sick of it. So, But they're growing sick of it in the heart of California. But I'm telling him that the problem with, with that is the other side of it, the actual liberalism, the actual socialism thing, to me, it seems to be growing faster out here in the, in the heartland, in the Bible Belt or whatever you want to call where we live in. Right, and he just—he's looking at it from their side, and there inside, they're fighting to get out of the paper bag, and here we're fighting to keep the the paper bag from getting bigger. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it's a perspective. I hope he's right. Well, I, I, I said I just you know kind of gave that same sentiment myself. Um, you know, that's still my core belief that there are enough of you know Americans that love freedom and our great country for what it is. And they just won't let that happen. And it starts at the top right now with our president, Donald J. Trump saying what he said at the uh, state of the union, you know, and I, I take that to heart. And I, I think that's still true. You know, America will never become a socialist country, you know, so, and it's not just because he said it, but he kind of, I think, galvanized the people that, that are like you and I that believe in freedom. You know, that it's, it's just really going to come down to uh, voting, you know, again, come 2020. And we got to really have a grassroots movement to well, get our side out there and, you know. We've really got to – getting our message out is harder than getting their message out, though. I think – well, you know, they have the media that right. is a constant hammer. Just they're constantly bashing Trump or any kind of conservatism over the head. But, you know, I think they're doing us a favor in some regard, the DNC. I don't, I'm sure that you've heard this by now that they said they won't do any of their debates on Fox News Channel. They and won't? That, no, yeah, they, they came out and announced that a day or two ago. They said Fox News is not not fair and, uh, you know, not not down the middle enough and yada, yada, yada. So none of the Democratic debates will be on the Fox News channel, at least as of right now. And I think that's a good thing. Not because, you know, I'm for all for freedom of expression and they can spew their crap anywhere they want but if they choose not to they're doing us a favor because then they won't reach any of our you know when i say our i just mean most people that watch fox news aren't going to vote for them anyway right but you know and this isn't a promo for fox news channel i just thought that was really kind of a gift if they're not going to put their message out on those on that network, then obviously they're limiting their audience. So, <laughs> well, that's, is that a form of censorship or? Yeah, that's self-censorship. Um, you know, if you look at the Fox news channel, we already know what it is. Um, it has talk shows and opinion shows, uh, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, and it also has a news department. And, uh, you know, when they do debates, I remember the Fox News debates on the Republican side. And they were going after those candidates hard, including Donald Trump during those debates. Chris Wallace is not a conservative hack by any means. <laughs> and they're going to have him and, and like uh, Martha McCallum, I think it would be, and you know, so that it's just, I don't understand their thinking and doing it because like I said, they're limiting their own audience and 
for their uh, scatterbrained ideas, you know, that's fine by me if they want to censor themselves. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that, okay, so let's get, uh, let's get into this shit, Ron. Let's talk about, let's talk about what the hell's going on right now. All right. Why do you think that their message is so easily bought? by like the younger people. Do you watch any of the, the like louder with Crowder videos? Right. Right. He goes to campuses. He's like, uh, this blah, 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 blah. Change my mind. I watched some of these videos and it's just astounding to me how most, it's almost like we live in a soundbite world. Most of the people that are disagreeing with him, about whatever topic it is he brings up. They spew talking points, yeah. Yeah, they only know the surface. They don't actually know the in-depth of anything. <laughs> and it's just weird to me, because. But, but I think that that's actually the world we live in right now. You don't need depth. Right now we're selling people a Ferrari body with a Pinto frame. Right. And I think... Well, I, I think the answer to your question is, you know, part of what I said a few minutes ago about packaging it in a bright, shiny case and saying how beautiful it's going to be and just that whole idealistic view. And and you, you and I both know um, I'm not the same person I was 30 years ago. I mean, I was still at my core a conservative, but I was definitely, you know, blind to the I hated corporate America back then, you know, the rich a little bit, you know, not to the point of the left, but, but I, I kind of bought into some of that thinking when I was younger and, uh, you know, so that's what it is. It's just the way they're packaging it combined with, uh, the 24 seven nonstop hate Trump media. And, and, you know, just they're selling this idea that America is not fair. Capitalism isn't fair, which fair is another word that I hate. And, and the, the problem is, you know, the, the things that have been done through capitalism that aren't true capitalism, they're crony, uh, underhanded back, backwards capitalism. And, and it's a somewhat, in my opinion, could be looked at as a form of socialism when they make those back backwards backhanded deals you know to, to screw the poor people and line their pockets right and and that gives the system that we know and love a bad name and and that should be punished harshly the thing is it's just very easy to demonize the system that i love because all you have to do is say that it's unfair that or that word is used so much right it's unfair and it's very difficult to like um argue against that word like what do you say like well life's not fair suck it up you know well that's that's not compassionate but the world's not compassionate it's not I, no and and you're right it's it's hard to uh combat that thinking if if that's truly their you know core it's just not fair and i'm going to want this to make it fair you're not going to change their mind at least on by just saying life's not fair suck it up you know that, right but that's that's the bottom line truth and i was told that as a kid many times you know by my parents because i'm sure you know i would say it's just not fair that my brother does it you know and <laughs> that whole thing is well, get over it because life's not fair, and you're going to need to learn that lesson. And thankfully, I finally did. You know, right? Well, okay. Me and you are different, though, right? Like your dad was conservative, right? I grew up in a hippie household, but my uncle was conservative, and he was like the main influence in my life. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for me and you to accept the message, right? You know, nowadays, not only do you have just people on social media and things like that. 
you also have uh, like the schools are getting younger and younger in schools. Like I heard today that it's not just colleges indoctrinating the no, kids the, of today. The public school system, the public school yeah. system does too. And it's just easier to. Okay, I was thinking about this. The message. It's easier to sell a message of misery and despair. And then it is to sell like you have to work hard. Like it's easier for them to say, look, your life sucks. And then you got, some, and it's all their fault over there. Right. Yeah. You can point to somebody and blame it on somebody. It's just so easy. It's, it's victimology and it's, it's part of the left strategy. Um, you know, that yet they, they, they try to accuse our president all the time of being a racist and, He's divided this country. So, no, this country was already divided well before he became president. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. And, you know, Barack Obama did a great job of helping to, to broaden that gap. You know, he, he and the rest of the Democrats and the left, that, that's, their, that's their strategy, divide and conquer. They're the ones that bring up race in every situation. They're the ones that bring up sexism or homophobia. You know, I mean, the Jesse Smollett thing. That's why they so quick to believe that some people in Make America Great Again hats jumped him, put a rope around his neck, poured bleach on him. You know, they couldn't wait to scoop up that story and run with it and modern day lynching in Trump's America that without any proof of anything. Well, uh, did you hear today? It just came out today. He's been indicted. Jussie Smollett has been indicted. 16 felony counts. Awesome. (laughs) That's awesome because he should be. You know how much money he cost the Chicago Police Department and wasted hours of investigating a hoax. And, And more often, moreover... Not only that, if, if that story would have gained just a little more traction before it was proven false, you know what would have happened. There would have been violence and burning and in the streets. People could have gotten hurt or killed or worse because of his bullshit lie. Oh, yeah. It was, so, yeah, uh, he needs to be charged with every felony they can throw at him and hopefully convicted. I... Uh, I'm, I, I don't usually normally pray for people to go to prison. I mean, that's not right. That's not an outcome you want for someone unless they're like a. But this thing, like you just said, I just talked about this on my other podcast earlier. This guy, to me, this was what he did was just as racist as if two if white guys really had have actually done that because he was a, um, uh, African-American homosexual. You know what I mean? Like it, it's the same thing. It could have had dire consequences. The mm-hmm. way, the way the world is right now, the social media, it's so supercharged with anger and there's people just waiting for some shit to go down and they're, they're ready, you know? And like oh, you sure. said, it, and the media was ready. That That's why they ran with it. You know, like it's, you know, they had him on an interview for God's sake on ABC or CBS or one of those networks. And just, you know, he says, well, it happened because I really go after 45. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> First of all, I've watched, I watched that show. I, that's one thing I didn't like about some of the coverage. Like I was listening to some of the conservative talk shows and they were like, it couldn't have been two Trump supporters. No Trump supporters watch that show. And that kind of, <laughs> that kind of shit pissed me off. Cause I actually watched that show. I liked that show. It was really good. The first two seasons. And then it started mm-hmm. getting real soap opery for me and I kind of fell off of it. But well, that's fine. I, I didn't happen to watch it, but it's not because I'm a Trump supporter or a conservative. I just don't, I try to limit what shows actually suck me in nowadays, you know? So I'll tend to watch, uh, old football, uh, DVR of my Cowboys winning football games or, uh, investigation discovery or, you know, crime forensic files, those, those type shows. 
Right. I just try not to get sucked into a a series that I'm going to have to dedicate a night of my life to every week or whatever. So (laughs) 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 I do every now and again, you know, I just got done watching the, uh, the widow on Amazon prime. It was a Amazon original eight episodes. Um, so it was, it was okay. Not what I expected at the end, but I'd give it a, probably a C plus if I had to rate it, you know, (sighs) Well, not that anybody cares about my opinion about TV. No, uh, people series. do really. I mean, no, that's just people want to hear about. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple things though, real quick. Like I saw Hillary Clinton's not going away. Right. She refuses to stop, um, bashing Trump and bashing like, Trump you know, and blaming the Russians everybody but herself for why she lost. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And I, I just don't understand. So I wanted to ask you, like, do you think there's a chance she might run? Well, she uh, she just stated a day or two ago that she wasn't going to run. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. And that that's what she said. I, I'm not running again, but I'm not going away. I'm going to continue to stand up for what I believe in and the rule of law. And I about threw up in my mouth when she said the words rule of law. Because she could care less about any rule of law. Well, we know that. Jesus. I'm just talking about the stuff I can prove, you know. Right. The the, deleting emails, subpoenaed emails, that's a crime. That's breaking the law. Having the server in that mom and pop shop. And all all in a, you know, an effort to hide the fact that she was selling our, our nation's interest in order to profit. But yet she stands there and spews the word rule of law. That woman, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's... I have no, I have not much love for her. I can tell you, you know, and she sat there in Congress and said, at this point, what difference does it make? I tell you what difference it makes, Hillary. Four Americans died that didn't have to, if you guys would have just acted and done your job, that's what difference it makes. Right. <laughs> Benghazi, no, that had me fuming. I still can get fired up about it. I mean, Americans die around the world. That's that's not the issue. But they had a chance to at least try to save those people. And they there was a stand-down order. And, you know, then they go on the talk shows, Susan Rice and all the t- Sunday morning talk shows. That was in response to an Islamic anti-islamic video oh i'm just fuming (laughs) right i know how mad you get (laughs) but anyway i'll I'll get off that because then we'll turn into a yell fest here if i keep going that's all right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah hillary needs to go away and not just out of the spotlight she needs to go away to a federal penitentiary somewhere And there's a chance, now that we have a new attorney general, that that could still happen, despite the fact that the Democrats are through a broad net that's as big as the whole entire nation, just to try to find anything on Donald Trump that might stick. They're just ridiculous, And, and I hope they keep going with it, because the people will see that they spent these last two years before the 2020 election doing nothing but whining and crying and trying to impeach our president. I mean, they've already spent the first two years of that with the Mueller investigation and the Russia hoax. So, yeah, Hillary, she just needs to go away, all right, but not just out of the spotlight. She needs to be called on the carpet like Jussie and indicted <laughs> on some things. Right. Oh, that! How awesome would that be? There's so many people that I want to go down. I want almost the entire Justice Department to go down. I want. Yeah. yeah well, there was definite collusion, but it wasn't on Trump's side. Right, and I mean, even if the even if even if it comes out that there was, so you know me, I've never, I'm not a a blind. I think most Republicans are like that. We don't just follow our party. No. 
if something comes out where Trump really did some shit wrong, I'm not just blindly following him, you know, just, you know, but so far, nothing I've seen has convinced me. Yeah, I mean, of course. Well, I didn't vote for a man because he was a Boy Scout <laughs> all right. and, and all the vulgar and crass things that he said and done over his life. That's that's not why I voted for him. Um, I voted for him because of his policy. And, and I still think the man is doing a whale of a job as president, especially in the face of all the resistance, the constant investigations, the media. You know, all they want to do is berate him 24-7. It's, it's amazing that he's gotten anything done, but right. he still has. So you're right, though. If, if it comes out that he broke some laws, <clears throat> whether it be uh, campaign finance or, or whatever they could make finally stick, if he actually did it, yeah, then... But, you know, I, I think it's highly unlikely uh, with all the investigation that's been done so far because, you know, there's one truth, <clears throat> and that is if they had anything truthful, it would be out there. They can't hold on to it. <clears throat> they put out all the lies and leak those and hope they stick. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, nothing. I mean, as far I as I think it's fair to say that he is the most investigated person in American history, not just president. <laughs> well, and there's nothing... I mean, and they're actually, I think they're launching, launching like seven more investigations this week. They're wanting yeah. to investigate everything he does. And oh, and they're subpoenaed like 86 people or something. And I mean, come every on. one of those people need to go in and say, I plead the fifth. Thank you very much. Good day. <clears throat> Just because it's a waste of taxpayer time and money anyway. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> but... You know, they're just going to do what they do. And it's very aggravating and very frustrating. I just, I, I hate to keep bringing it back to this. <laughs> but the more, I kind of feel like the more the media focuses on the the things. But okay, so when you're a Democrat, you don't actually have, no, okay, I, I hate to say it like that. When you're a politician, you don't actually have to have any, um, sustenance to any of the things that you throw out there. All you got to do is say stuff and the media treats sound bites like, like they're your, like they're actual news. Right. And, um, so while they're over here focusing on this shit that that's going on with the stupid cat and mouse game <laughs> between the Republicans, I mean, between the Democrats and Trump, these socialists are actually really digging in and gaining ground, and I, I feel like my, my friend I was talking about earlier in California, I almost feel like you, nobody's taking them serious. We have to look, at, just <clears throat> in the last two years, this shit's, okay, three years, if you give Bernie his campaign year or whatever, right. it's, it's actually grown serious. It's growing into, people are actually listening, listening to this shit, and I don't understand, but they are. I, I I don't know what to say. It's frustrating as as all get out to me. I can't take it. I don't understand the. If you look at we we I know we beat socialism to death in here. Mm -hmm. uh, rightly so. That's yeah. what this podcast is called. The socialism <laughs> kills, and it's and it does. It's a, make, it's make a, no mistake. It does kill. It's a silent killer right now. It's creeping in. It's like. One of the plagues just creeping in over the like it's like dry ice just slowly rolling over the rocks, mm -hmm. and it's going to get us because history repeats itself. If if you block out history, like they're turning a blind eye to it. And it's not just history. I mean, it's actually right now happening right now in countries, not just Venezuela, Venezuela's right now, but there's other countries, South American countries that are getting ready to fall to the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I just, I'm scared to death because these kids, they don't get it. They don't understand. 
Oh, well, you're, you're absolutely right, dude. And it is a little scary. Like I said, it's just my, my faith in God and faith in the America that I know and love <clears throat> that I, I just hope, am hopeful that there are enough people that still love the America that I know and love. And no, that's not a racist dog whistle, you freaking idiots out there. The America that I know and love is simply a free nation. You're free to move up and down the socio-economic ladder at your will. Um, not everything mandated by government. There is no such thing as free, free, free. So get over yourselves. Wake up before it's too late. Please. I mean, just pick up a book. I mean, <laughs> Stalin is, is, is all you got to look at in my mind. Yeah. And okay, and then you got people arguing. Okay, socialism is not communism, and they're calling me dumbass and shit. It's hard arguing with people on Facebook. Socialism's <laughs> not communism, dumbass. Well, Stalin. It's not a direct quote because I don't know it, but he said socialism is, you know, communism for uh, stupid people or something like that. You know, it's it's basically a, a front door kicking the door open for communism. Right. So, you know, it, it, you can call it what you want. Socialism, communism, Marxism, they're all a bunch of jism, in my opinion, because <laughs> they're, they're just all the same, same family, at least. Top-heavy, corrupt military leaders or politicians, people on the bottom, all sharing equally in misery and death. That's what it is. That's what it is exactly. It's and you can call it socialism, communism, Marxism, on and on. Like I said, doesn't matter. But you know, so you just put a nice little fancy name on it, like this is democratic socialism, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> That's Bernie's key phrase. He's a democratic socialist. What is that? And, and, you know, if you look at him, he's the true hypocrite. He has, what, three or four mansions all worth a million more, has, million dollars or more. Yeah, he has three mansions. Flies around everywhere and private jets. He's a typical lefty, do as I say, not as I do, hypocrite. He is, isn't he? Yeah, um, he he uh, okay so um his, his big thing is you know college free debt free tuition you know if, if he's elected he'll forgive all college debt and you know a lot of people will buy into that because there are a lot of people that have huge college debt well <laughs> he is um the typical he he never had a job until he was forty. He's all he's never worked. I think he's only had one job in the public sector. He's always, I mean, the private sector. He's always worked in the public sector. So he has absolutely no idea um, of a real world. Yeah. So it's just, and now he has three mansions. I want to call them mansions. They're just really big houses. They're not mansions, but he has right. three very expensive homes. Uh, It's just very well. If he's had one one job in the private sector, he's had more than Barack Obama has ever had. <laughs> well, that's true too. Because <laughs> he didn't have any, as far as I know. But that's just a side note that that came into my head when you said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a scary proposition, dude. Which is why I said we just have to keep doing this podcast um, and anything we can. When you talked earlier about men like the men that revolted against England for love of country and freedom, they exist, dude. You know, I'm not going to sit here and compare what we're doing now to the, to what they did. But, you know, if that came to that, I think I could 
rise up and defend my country. I, I do. No, I know we could rise up and defend our country. The thing is, is though, um, any conservative voices now it's hard. It would be difficult to be a conservative voice in this world. Like Rush Limbaugh, people like that, they're demonized, they're beat down. Um, and they're, they're almost considered almost a joke, but anyone who tries to talk to, to rise up like Crowder, they're trying to shut him down. Um, the, the 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 that machine is way bigger than you think. Oh well, it's it's so obvious on college campuses. I mean, if they book a conservative speaker at any event on a college campus, you have Antifa there. Um, a lot of times, it gets shut down before it ever happens. The the, uh, the university will say, in an effort uh, to pr- keep things safe. We're going to just cancel this event. So that's that's a real form of uh, censorship right there. I saw a video, and it was such a unknown conservative. I mean, I, I didn't even catch his name, but I saw the story, and he was at a Republican conservative college event. You know, it wasn't like he was speaking to the whole university. These are people that voluntarily show up to hear this, and this Antifa freak is standing there ringing a cowbell the whole time. Ding, ling, 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 ah. ling, the whole time he was talking. What the hell? And and then they start interviewing this guy, and he says, he says, well, I have proof that some of these college Republicans beat up a guy and because he was a homosexual and raped some women, and da-da, it just went on and on and got real descriptive and then like really what will show me that proof and then he just laughed and said it's true because i just said it (laughs) and honestly i mean that doesn't make it true but that definitely makes it um well in the media's eyes they'll run with it and if it's not true they'll just move on to the next one (laughs) it's it's so ridiculous dude and and trump announced um, last weekend at CPAC, that if he has to, he's going to do an executive order to withhold funding from any any universities that don't allow freedom of speech. And that's, you know, they used to be the so-called bastions of protection of freedom of speech and the press. And uh, that's, that's real censorship. And, you know, college was once thought of as, as a place for the sharing of ideas. And now it's anything but. Right. If you don't tow the liberal lefty line, then they don't want to hear it. And the poor little snowflakes need safe spaces so they don't have to hear that. <laughs> I don't understand that either. Um, they don't want any opposing points of view. It's very difficult to even. Well, I think I, think I do understand why they don't want it because – rational intelligent people if they hear the truth and the full argument on both sides they're going to pick freedom every time they just will that's why they don't want it out there freedom every time well every time the thing is is, yearn to be free yeah but these young people don't have any idea what they're getting into because well no they've been coddled by our great country (laughs) They've had it so cushy for their whole lives, you know, as a general rule, comparatively right. through to younger generations throughout history. And I'm, I'm not saying I had it pretty cushy coming up. I still got a pretty cushy life. I'm not rich. I'm not anything. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. But, you know, historically, we're, we're coddled little babies, you know. Right. Definitely. Without a doubt. So... So that's where it comes from. And and sadly, as each generation goes, it gets a little worse. I mean, our kids had things technology-wise that we didn't have until later into our adult life. You know, it's just freedom of information is out there on the Internet, but it's not all good information. <laughs> the thing is, though, there's so much of it. Uh I'm I'm not sure. Did you have um I know, I know you had some other things you wanted to hit on. 
Oh, well, we kind of have been, you know, hitting on them. I was going to bring up the, uh, the Bill of Rights to this Constitution that we live under and start a little series on that, um, which we've kind of been talking about the First Amendment here, which, uh, you know, without mentioning it by name, but it, it just says, if you'd like, I'll read it to you real quick. Just yeah, so go ahead. Can, okay. It says, freedom of religion, speech, and the press. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's it. The First Amendment. There's some really key things in there, and I think the biggest one out of that whole First Amendment is the freedom of speech. Because if they can stifle, that's what we were just talking about, if they can stifle the other side's view, then they've won, you know. And they're really trying to do that on college campuses and, and like you said, Crowder and Milo Yiannopoulos, or isn't that his name? They're just... Any conservative speaker, they're trying to shut them down. And believe me, they go after uh, Sean Hannity. If he makes one little mistake, they try to run with it. And it's not just singling him out, but I know, you know, that they can't wait to try to get someone conservative voices off the air. I agree, man. That's kind of like, you know, what I wanted to talk about, though, as far as, you know, on going forward in this podcast is breaking down these amendments kind of one by one and, and, you know, just kind of define the freedoms that we have in this bill of rights. There's, there's 10 amendments. So obviously, you know, we can dedicate as much or as little of a podcast to we want to each or do a couple at a time, you know, depending on, how it goes, but I think we've done a pretty good job today of talking about it and then defining it after the fact. Right. Okay. Um, Well, definitely. I think that people would be interested in that too. I really think that like if, um, if we break shit down and then put it into like a, some type of context of stuff that's going on today, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that'd be really good. I mean, I, there's things that the people in my life, I would like to know, I would like them to know, like the truth about what this country is, what this country stands for, the the message behind the country. And yeah, it gets diluted or it gets uh, distorted by, because it is ran by men, Republican or not. Um, mm -hmm. They're not perfect. And they do sometimes greed and, and stupid shit. Right. And we had, a history in this country of evils and ills like slavery. Right. Oh, yes. And, and you know, but, that was kind of kind of like hard for them to reconcile even back then. But it's when hard. They're writing this, this constitution and saying all men are created equal except for these over here, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the bottom line there is it eventually was abolished in this country and no one in this country is proud of that fact that, you know, we had slavery, but it has been abolished and, and it's still going on around the world. Slavery is not dead by any means in, in the world. You've got human trafficking, sex slaves, you have other similar slaves to what we had in this country and different countries around the world. You know, so for everything that we've done wrong, you know, this country isn't perfect. Like you said, it's run by mankind. I won't say men um, anymore. We have plenty of women in, in charge of a lot of things now. Right. But I think when you say man, it's kind of a generic. Right. But yeah, man, I'm, I mean, I'm really down with that. I, I would love to. To try to okay, get well, I think next time we'll we'll break down uh, the preamble to the Constitution, 
and maybe touch on this First Amendment just a little bit more and then maybe get into the Second Amendment, which is another biggie. Um, you know, one and two are the biggies that allow all the other ones to exist, in my opinion. Um, Mine too, man. So, yeah, I think that's a good plan going forward, and we'll have to do this a little more regularly now that we're kind of uh, getting back into the 2020 cycle, you know, and and get this series going. So it's, you know, not six or eight weeks till we do the next one. Um, which it was since the last one, but I think we truly were grieving the loss in the House of Representatives. Yeah, that was that, just, that got us both. Yeah, just seeing, oh my God, we got to put up with this nonsense for at least two years and not only losing the House, but knowing how we lost it and who, who got elected. I mean, Ocasio Cortez, she's the one that's kind of the whipping post. Every every conservative goes to, but she's not the only one in there. No, you have that Rashid Tlaib and uh, Ilhan Omar. You know they're the biggies trying to get a stranglehold on the Democratic Party right now. And and I mean you know your opinions, whatever. America has been a staunch ally of Israel since the country was established as Israel. And, you know, we have active members in Congress saying anti-Semitic remarks now and anti-Israel, and that's not part of our government. You know, that's <laughs> that's not part of our government, but I don't I don't like what's going on with that. Damn, this static is bad. I don't, I don't like what's going on with that. Well, like I said, we don't have to get into a debate over okay. <laughs> why why we should or should not. Um, I mean, you can break it down simply, in my opinion, just to the simplest form. Israel is the only democracy or, or democracy-like government in the Middle East. It's our only ally over there, and like it or not, that's a volatile region. Oh, and definitely. I think it's in our interest to protect them and stand with them. Oh, and, no, and I not, stand with Israel. I do. And not, you know. I was listening to, okay, do you want Do you want to get into it or do you want, are you trying to wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think we probably should just go ahead and wrap this up and save okay. that for another time. Right, because there's a lot of stuff I, I want to say about that. Yeah, that's that. a can of worms that we'll have to really open up <laughs> and delve into. Um, because there's a lot of sides to it. Right. But, but eventually, you know, like I said, that's why I just tried to very simply break it down in that, that fashion. You know, they're the only representative government in the Middle East and it's in our national interest to stand with them, you know, on the basis form. And we'll leave it at that for now, unless you have anything to add. No, actually, I was just looking, my phone is at 1%, so I think it might not. (laughs) All right, sir. Well, again, thank you for your time this evening and uh, put, helping put this thing together. Um, it is freedomreigns underscore one at yahoo.com. We do thank you for listening, and I'll go ahead and sign off now. Anything else for you, Steve? No, that's it, man. I just really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, please give us any feedback you can. If you, uh, if you think I'm a moron or Ron's way off base or whatever just let us know yeah we'd love to hear from you so as we sign off again you'll get to hear that beautiful intro and uh, we'll catch you next time thanks for listening thank you